Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another fantastic episode of Hot Takes on the Lake, the only podcast that is for Browns fans, that is also by Browns fans. I am your host, Nick Pompaselli, once again, joining me as always, my lovely co-host, Josh Martin. Josh, how the hell are you? I'm doing great, Nick. The holidays are almost upon us. It's almost that season, even though this year's a little bit different with most of us locked in our houses for the most part. I'm still, still feeling pretty great, and... Monday night was a game like I've never seen before. I'm so excited to jump into it with you, the, the positives, the negatives, everything you felt about it. How are you doing? I am fantastic. Uh, like you said, just enjoying this holiday season uh, despite everything going on this year. But, uh, you know, the Browns have been the one uh, lone bright spot this year, you know, just a crazy topsy-turvy year. But, uh Obviously, it didn't go our way this week, but still, um, we're still in a very good position. Looking toward, looking towards the playoffs, still in a good position. Um, you know, probably going to be in the wild card, which is perfectly fine with me because we haven't really had any success like that uh, since I think both of us were what, like seven years old. So it's it's definitely <laughs> been a, a great season, nonetheless. Yeah, and we'll talk about the big picture later, but I mean, <clears throat> considering only one team in the conference now gets to not be in the wild card, I don't think it's that big of a disappointment if that's where we end up. Um, but yeah, overall for the game Monday, um, you know, I'll let you say your thoughts first, but just to recap, uh, 47 to 42, uh, Ravens beat us. There's that safety at the end that didn't really matter. So really it was a three point victory field goal at the end, 54 yard field goal by Justin Tucker for the win. It was back and forth the entire fourth quarter. We were down by 14 points or 15 points, I believe, at one point. Um, And then we charged back in the fourth quarter, even took the lead a couple of times until ultimately falling to the Ravens. And there was just so much dramatics going on in this game. You had Lamar leaving the field and coming back. Um, You had just so much going on. You had crazy plays. The Browns played very differently for the most part offensively than they had a lot of this season, leaning more on the pass. Um, what did you think overall, Nick, of the game and, you know, kind of whatever stuck out to you, we can focus on first. Um, yeah, definitely a a roller coaster of emotions, uh, this week. Um, even though the Browns were on a, on that winning streak and riding high, uh, and, you know, the Ravens definitely were not the same team as they were last year when they went on that run after we beat them. Um, this team still made me incredibly nervous just purely because of the fact they have Lamar Jackson. Um, I know their offense has been pretty one-dimensional this week, this year, and uh, and we pretty much saw that. I mean, they pretty much have no passing game whatsoever. Um, they rely on Lamar uh, using his legs to make plays. And, you know, it's easier said than done, but if you can stop them doing that, if you can stop Lamar's running ability, uh, this team is very beatable. But like I said, um, that is way more easier said than done for sure. Uh, and a lot of teams can't do it, but nonetheless, um, yeah, like I said, it was just kind of a roller roller coaster of emotions in this game. Um, you know, our first drive, we went right down the field. We got into a good rhythm and we went down there and scored. Um, and, you know, after that, it was kind of just, you know, a little bit of a defensive struggle. Neither team really getting into a good offensive rhythm. Uh, then Baltimore turned it on the second quarter. Um, especially with that last drive, uh, that last touchdown right before halftime really killed us. Uh, I think there was bad clock management on our part. Um, but, and then, you know, right at, in the second half, they go right down the field and Lamar runs all over us for another running touchdown. Um, 
right then I, I thought that the game would be kind of put away after that. Um, <clears throat> but one thing about this Browns team that I don't think anybody can deny is that this team is not the same old Browns. This team, if it was, you know, pretty much almost any year besides this year, um, I think after the the Ravens score that opening uh, second half touchdown after they have that drive, I think any Browns team just immediately quits after that um, and just says the game is out of reach. And even though it was only two touchdowns, but still it was just so demoralizing. Uh, like I said, especially with how they got that, uh, that late touchdown right before halftime also. Um, <clears throat> I think most Browns teams would have just quit after that. Um, but this team and this culture that Kevin Stefanski has put in this year, um, has just been incredible, and it's not the same mentality. It's not the same old Browns, um, and I think they've earned a, a lot of people's respect. So, yes, they they bounce back from that, and you know, anytime the Ravens would would hit us, hit us in the mouth, we'd come back and hit them right back. I mean, we scored twenty two points in the fourth quarter, and uh, this game was just like I said, it was all over the place. And then Trace McSorley comes in, and you know, we don't really know what happened to Lamar Jackson. They said it was cramps. Uh, I mean, I'm <laughs> I'm not really sure what it was, um, but then, like you said, you know, he comes out as soon as Trace McSorley goes down with it looks like a it looked like a pretty bad injury. I don't know if um, might might have been one of his like uh, his ACLs or something like that, but it, it was one of those ones where he kind of planted his leg and he wasn't touched, and usually that means you know some ligament damage. So hopefully he's okay. But um, it, I mean, it's just typical Browns luck. I feel like Lamar comes in right at that right time. And then immediately just throws a touchdown to give him the lead. Uh, that's just so typical of the Browns and, and Cleveland's luck in general. Um, but once again, uh, Baker Mayfield, he, we were you and I were both talking about this not just this year but last year. Um, we wanted to see him, you know, either win a game on, on a, a game-winning drive or at least put us in a position to win. And that's what he did. He led us right down the field. Kareem Hunt had that nice receiving touchdown. Um, unfortunately. I mean, I, I can't blame Kareem Hunt. I mean, you you don't know if you're going to score. So if you have the opportunity, you have to go for it. But there was just too much time left on the clock. And Lamar Jackson, like I said, just keeps making plays with his legs. Uh, Mark Andrews, you know, we couldn't – didn't have an answer for him uh, defensively. And, you know, Justin Tucker can hit the – he can hit field goals from the parking lot. So if you get over the 50-yard line, you're pretty much approaching his range. So, um, yeah, it was one of those games that really could have gone either way, uh, you know, but – I think it's just a testament to this team and how the, how much this culture has changed where you look at how we played against the Ravens from week one to week now. It's just a completely different mindset, a completely different team, and I think we've earned a lot of people's respect, even though it's a loss. Um, like I said, we're still looking forward to the going to the playoffs and everything. We're still in a good spot, but I think we earned a lot of respect from the way we just didn't give up in this game. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you're talking about effort, <clears throat> you know um... – it's it was it was definitely a demonstration of that. I think nationally in the media, the one big takeaway from Monday everyone seemed to have is the Browns' effort. You know, everyone was saying we had a cupcake schedule. Every good team we faced, we would lose to, and then when we beat the Titans, they respected it but didn't give it a lot of credit. In a lot of ways, it felt like they respected this loss more than we got respect for that Titans win. And I honestly think it's because it was in prime time. If this same game had happened in the 1 p.m. Sunday window, uh, still would have been talked about, still would have been awesome. But having that Monday night primetime spot just made it that little extra. It was like the cherry on top of everyone getting to see it. 
Um, I, I want to preface my thoughts by saying I've been coming on here all year and defending the Browns' wins and every time saying, I don't care if we win by one point or 40 points, we won, a win's a win. So I, I feel kind of hypocritical coming on here and praising a loss. Uh, so <laughs> I'll say that, you know, a loss is a loss, and that sucks um, that we lost the game, and we should have honestly won it. Um, if you look at how the game played out, we definitely could have won it anyway. Um, but it was probably the best Browns game I've ever watched that ended in a loss. And we've both seen so many Browns losses that I think that does actually say something. Um, but it was not only just an incredible game, like take my fandom out of it. It could have been any two teams and that would have been an incredible game. But obviously seeing the Browns play like that. I mean, I texted you when we were down 15 points and then we came back uh, and I think took the lead by one. And I was like, it doesn't matter what happens at the end of this game. You know, no Browns team would have ever done that before. And I think a huge part of that has to go to Kevin Stefanski. Um, you can obviously, obviously the players are the ones on the field, but players are always going to play hard. No players going out there playing less than a hundred percent, you know? So when it comes to effort, so you got to give the credit to the coach. There's, there's something in the way he's coaching that's motivating our players. Like we've never seen on a Browns roster before, uh, but I'm sure it helps having the talent that we have. We also have never had this much talent before. So offensively anyway, but but sticking to the offense, I think that um, the, what, to touch what you said about Kareem Hunt at the end of the game, obviously, ideally, I would have loved to see Kareem Hunt go out at the one similar to how Nick Chubb did. And then, you know, you are down by a touchdown. But if you're at the one yard line with four downs and Nick Chubb can't get in the end zone, then it is what it is at that point. I'll take that loss, you know. Um, of course, who knows? Maybe we go out there and pass it four times. We freaking, we've done that before, but, <laughs> but I mean, I think, you know, you run it into the end zone with Nick Chubb four times from the one yard line. He's probably getting in. Uh, but I get it. You're a football player. Your instinct is to score. But if you would have told me before this game started, it's going to be a tie game or, or we'll be up one. I can't remember. Uh, no, it was a tie game. It'll be a tie game with one minute left and the Ravens get the ball with a couple timeouts and Justin Tucker will kick a 50 plus yard field goal to win the game. I would have said that's exactly how I could see it playing out. Like it it was just, it was such an incredible game, but the ending was in so many ways. So typical of they have the best kicker in the league. You gave them a minute left. They drive down only 30 so yards and kick a long field goal for the win. I mean, it is what it is. You know, great teams lose that way all the time. So I'm really not that salty about the way that we lost, although obviously I would have liked to win. Yeah, definitely. And um, <clears throat> obviously it doesn't need to be said, but we're going to talk about it anyways. But, um, yeah, this defense uh, really let us down in this game. Um, they've given up over 70 points, I think, in the last uh, couple of quarters. It, it's just been absolutely terrible out there, especially without Denzel Ward. I know he's just one guy. Um but I think he would have helped out tremendously yesterday, even though Lamar Jackson wasn't throwing the ball a lot. Just having him out there, in, you know, just, you know, I can name on almost one hand of the guys that will probably be back next year. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll get Grant Delpit back. And, I mean, we don't even know what he's going to be because he's a rookie anyways. And, you know, yeah. If you're if you're hoping that you know your second round rookie uh, you know rookie safety is going to be the savior for the defense, I think you're in uh, more trouble than you think. But uh, he's definitely a, a piece I think can really help out this team. Greedy Williams, we'll see. Um, especially with the nerve damage, I know that's kind of a, a long lasting issue. We'll see what even happens with him. Um, but other than that, 
uh, and then Denzel and Garrett. Um, you know, a lot of these guys will be gone, and I think they should be. Um, Sheldon Richardson has played well. Uh, Olivier Vernon has really come on the last couple of weeks and has been playing well too, but he's been, you know, so invisible out there. I mean, for the most of the time he's been here, um, it's just recently that he's really come on and played well. Uh, like I said, Richardson plays well. Ogan Joby has been a real big disappointment for me this year. Um, I really haven't seen him around the ball at all much. Uh, like I said, it's mainly been Sheldon Richardson back there, but, um, Ogan Joby has really disappointed me. Uh, I, I mean, I would keep him. I still, like him but um like i said he's been a real disappointment the linebackers obviously we need help with that um taki taki has developed uh, nicely uh he's not where i would like him to be obviously but he's developed nicely um mac wilson has been another disappointment this year i thought his development would have been a lot further along than it is um bj goodson is a solid veteran i think you might have to keep him um just because he has been playing you know he has been playing well he's always around the ball um, and then the secondary, obviously, I mean, there's just a bunch of guys that, you know, will be gone, should be gone. Uh, I'm sure they're nice guys, but you know, you can't have them starting on, on your, on your secondary. It's just impossible. So I wouldn't mind spending, you know, the first couple of picks in this draft. I, I don't want to start talking about the draft already. I'm just saying, um, but building through the draft and getting, you know, in, in the off season and free agency and everything like that. Um, you're going to have to build up this secondary, the linebackers for sure, and then also help on the defensive line as well um, because it's just not cutting it. And, you know, I've been saying it all year that just with how this defense has been playing, uh, we're going to let a, a game or two slip away that we should win but based on the defense. And, you know, your offense puts up 42 points. You know, Baker had the one bad pick, yeah, which was basically a pick six because they got it and Dobbins scored on the very next play from the one-yard line. Um, so, I mean, your, your offense did, you know, everything they could do. It was just the defense that let them down. And unfortunately, I think it'll be another year or two, uh, before they get to where they need to be. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> I mean, I'm, I, I'm not a huge fan of firing people after one year, but if things don't turn around at the end of the year, we might have to, to get Joe Woods out of there and get a, get another defensive coordinator. Um, obviously that's up to, you know, either Kevin Stefanski or Andrew Barry. I don't know who has the final say in our front office when, when it comes to that, but it was just the mistakes. There were things that you could point out as a fan, right? Like it's things that it's like, we're facing the best running quarterback in the league. One of the best of all time. And like, we don't know how to run a spy apparently. And I'm not saying that like, you're just going to stop Lamar, Lamar Jackson with a linebacker spy, you know, but if you watch like, for example, that touchdown he had right before the half where he ran for 20 plus yards uh, and scored the touchdown we didn't have anybody in the middle of the field we had our our four-man rush you know and maybe there were some blitzers i don't know but we had our rush and then we had everyone you know in the secondary covering people the middle of the field is just wide open and it's like dude you don't even need to be lamar jackson baker could have ran that in from 20 yards out and it's just like it makes you scratch your head like how do you not like you would think that all week you're thinking to yourself we got to contain lamar we got to contain lamar and then even with our pass rush uh our, our ends miles garrett and um um vernon 
were, you know, rushing with no intent to contain. They were going so far to the edge that all Lamar had to do was step up and run through, you know, the holes in the in the in the line there. And I get that they're good at their job. We did get some sacks, but um, you know, it, it was just kind of puzzling to me how our defense played. I've been saying all year, you score thirty plus points, you're gonna win more often than not. This was the one game this year where we scored more than thirty points and we did not. And I think it's you know, we put up forty seven points. I can't even remember being blown out and putting up you know allowing 47 points so uh that's that is a a big issue for sure baker can play out of his mind but if we're putting up 47 points we're never going to win yeah absolutely and uh the the one thing i will criticize joe judge for is uh the one it seems like he doesn't blitz a lot but the one time he decides to blitz he sent like three guys right up the middle on that play where uh he hit hollywood brown on the when he just came back in from mcsorley and that's the one play he rushes them right up the middle so Lamar can do what he likes to do, run to his right and just throw it to a wide open guy. Um you know, that was a really a an, an odd play call for for sure in that situation. Um but yeah, I mean, I think I don't want to blame too much on Joe Judge cuz I I think Joe he Woods. did work uh, Joe Woods, Joe Judge. I'm I'm already looking towards <laughs> the Giants. I'm already trying to forget this that's and go another, to the yeah. Um <laughs> But I, I mean, I think he's just working. I, I think he's doing a good job with just what he has. I mean, my God, you have Andrew Sandejo, who I mean, <laughs> yeah. we don't have we don't have to get into him because we've just been ripping him. I mean, whole, I mean, look at Brown's Twitter on a Sunday afternoon. Everybody's just <laughs> ripping him the entire game. Um, but I mean, we, yeah, when you have guys like that, and like MJ Stewart got completely torched yesterday. He had a couple of bad penalties too. Kevin Johnson, I know he had that horrible injury in in training camp, and he's been he's been playing hard, but he's just not. He's not cutting it either. Um, and like you said, with the linebackers and everything like that, um, I think he's just doing the best he can with what he has. Um, like I said, it's just going to take another year or two to add more pieces around guys like Denzel, uh, Ronnie Harrison, Delpit, and Miles Garrett, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, like, like I said, it's just, you know, it's just another frustrating loss because, I mean, any loss is frustrating, but because you were so close and because, I mean, Lamar Jackson, he, I mean, uh, he had 11 completions. I think at the end, at like halftime, he had like three completions. I mean, yeah. this offense was so one-dimensional. I mean, and they really have been most for most of the year. Um, I mean, if you can stop Lamar Jackson from running all over you, you're going to win the game. I know, like I said before, it's way easier said than done, and you know he's just a freak athlete. Um, but you know he's just not comfortable being a, a pocket passer back there. He he's good at using his legs and extending the play, but. Um, you know, it's like I said, it's just frustrating. We were able to get to him four times, but still just, you know, letting him just run. And like you said, a couple of them, they were just like, why there was like nobody for like 20 yards before they even got a hand on him. So, um, yeah, just another frustrating loss. But like I said, I think it's just a, you know, I think it just comes down to the defense being not very good and having a lot of guys that for, you know, the right reasons won't be here next year. Yeah, and look, I mean, our secondary is banged up, but so is everyone else's. You know, the Ravens' secondary is also banged up, and then they had several guys get injured while we were in the game. So, um, you know, I hate to use that excuse, but, you know, it is what it is. If you look at the free agency for this upcoming year, you know, who knows who's going to get re-signed. But even just looking, you know, at the safeties, uh, you know, Justin Simmons uh, from Denver, Anthony Harris from Minnesota, there's going to be, you know, a lot of free agents, you know, Malik Hooker, if he doesn't get re-signed. So 
they'll be out there. Um, obviously, there's the draft as well. Um, but, you know, again, the, you, you can't have all young players. You know, I, I would love to see some more of a veteran presence on the defense. I mean, yeah, it's like I said, it's just going to take another couple of years for this defense to get where it needs to be. Um, and I, I think I know I can't remember if it was offensively or defensively, but um, I think it was at least offensively. We don't have a starter over the age of 30. And we're one of the youngest teams in the league. So we have a lot of young talent. Um, but like you said, you definitely need to get some veteran presence in there uh, just for, you know, just for leadership and also just more experience out there. Um, so you're definitely going to have to address that in in the uh, uh, in the offseason. And um, like I said, using the first couple of picks in the draft uh, just on, on defense because it's just your, your biggest hole right now. Your offense is pretty solid and, and and good. I mean, unless you want to maybe grab another receiver just for more depth, um, or maybe a tight end. Who knows what happens with uh, in, in Joku, and uh, and all that. But offensively, you're pretty solid. And um, yeah, it's just that damn defense. Like I was saying earlier in the year, uh, you know, this defense is just it's going to let up a game that you should have won, and this is definitely one of them. And they've been a couple of them this year. Um, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah. And, you know, again, with the safeties, I feel like that's going to be our biggest thing we have to address. Obviously, Delbert back will be will be great if he's, you know, if he's what he's supposed to be. And then, um, you know, if Greedy Williams ends up not being a long term option, then, you know, even getting another corner, you know, like I always say, you should draft corners every year. So um, we'll see what happens. Quick question, though. Well, actually, first, I did want to just point out, I'm pretty sure Miles Garrett has only gotten one sack since being out from COVID. Um, he didn't get any this week. I think he got one last week in his first game back. Uh, he is still at 10 and a half sacks tied for third most sacks in the league. So I don't necessarily think there's the buzz around him as defensive player of the year at this moment, but let's see how much he can feast these last three weeks. He might be, end up being the sack leader. And while that's not the only criteria, it's definitely a large one, I feel like. Um, but I do want to say, ask you a quick question as I was looking through the, the free agents here. I did notice uh, one that sticks out to me is Olivier Vernon. Is that someone that you think at this moment, you know, if you had to decide, is that someone you would bring back next year? Hmm. I don't know. At this point, I would have to lean towards no, only because, you know, he's played he's played a lot better than last year. But vast majority of his time, he's been comp- not even – underperforming he's been completely invisible out there um so i i don't know if i would want to spend the money on him uh, obviously you're not going to overpay him and give him you know the money you were thinking of giving jadevian Clowney or anything like that but getting him for a decent price uh i it wouldn't hurt to bring him back but um you know it, if i gun to my head i probably wouldn't just because how how badly he's underperformed um despite coming on the last couple of games like i said but uh, for the most part, he's just been completely non-existent out there. So I, I wouldn't, but I don't know about you. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I would look at if, you know, I'm you're bigger into college than me, so I really don't know. I would look at if there might be any good prospects for like a second, third round choice at that, you know, at that position. <laughs> um, and just also look at, you know, what's out there. I don't think Olivier Vernon has lived up to what he was supposed to be, but at the same time, I don't think he's the worst option. You know, he's not a, he's not a Sendejo. So if it comes down, I think it comes down to what's available and I wouldn't be terribly disappointed if we bring him back because we're paying him $11 million. There's no way we're signing him for that amount again. Like he will not no. be making that much, at least with us, someone else might pay him more, 
but I, I don't think we would. So I guess it depends on the market and what's out there, to be honest. I know that's not really a non-answer, but <laughs> I guess I would go with, I would not re-sign him unless he was my last option, I guess. Um, but yeah, I just thought that'd be a good question. But um, yeah, crazy game. I mean, we could probably talk about it for hours in, more in depth, but at the end of the day, I think overall it was just a great game and um, you know to watch. And I think it'll be one that we remember probably for a long time. Um, you know, at least I will as kind of the start of like, Oh, like this team is actually really good. I was, I was seeing people tweeting, like someone tweeted out a picture of, um, Kevin Stefanski and Baker Mayfield on Twitter. And I just saw it in the Browns Twitter, like, uh, the moment feed and they tweeted a picture of them on the sideline. And they're like, I think we're going to be seeing this duo for the next decade. And I like went to their Twitter account to see who it was. And it like was not a Browns account or a Browns fan. It was just like some person from what I could tell. So I was like, it's, it's cool to see people actually thinking we, we have something that could be here for a long time. Yeah. And like you said earlier, I completely agree with it. It was, um, that I think a lot more people nationally have given us a lot more respect from this loss than we did when we beat the Titans. Um, and, you know, I've obviously I've been hard on Baker Mayfield. I didn't jump off the bandwagon of Baker Mayfield, but I was really hard on him because I think, you know, these last couple of games like this game and what we saw against Cincinnati, I, I believe this is how Baker Mayfield can play. I believe that this is his ability and, you know, Yes, he had the bad interception. Uh, it was his first pick in five games. But, you know, compared to last year, he's taken care of the ball. He's been a lot more accurate. I know he misses a lot of guys there. You know, he, he has some bad throws. But compared to last year, he's been a lot better. And, you know, I think a lot of people – there's still going to be a lot of, you know, Baker doubters out there. But I think a lot more people this year are are more comfortable with, get, you know, extending his uh, his fifth-year option for sure after this season. And I really don't see, unless he completely falls apart in the last three games, which I don't think will happen. Um, you know, I don't really see anybody that would pretty much disagree with giving him his fifth year option for sure. And then, you know, we'll see next year if we we're going to sign him long term. but um, yeah, this is what I, I thought he could do. Um, especially with, you know, Kareem Hunt and uh, Nick Chubb only had 23 carries combined yesterday. So it wasn't a good running game. Um, you know, they, they kind of stifle that and they're a good run defense, but Baker Mayfield threw it almost 50 times. And, you know, it was, you know, he was leading the offense, which uh, a lot of people didn't think he could do, including me at times. Um, so yeah, I was just really impressed with him. And uh, yeah, you know, like I said, I haven't had a lot of things, to, bad things to say about Baker Mayfield this year. It was just frustrating because I know he can play this well, but he, he just wasn't for a long time. Yeah, and with the interception, you know, obviously a bad interception, essentially a pick six, you know, um, but it was his first interception they put on the screen. His first interception, like 170-something games. Obviously, his last mm-hmm. interception was the one that caused Odell to go down um, against the Bengals in that game where he ended up throwing five touchdowns. So um, it's been quite a while since he <coughs> excuse me, had an interception, uh, but if you look at him for the, <coughs> for the year, he's thrown eight interceptions. To 23 touchdowns and that's not ne- necessarily elite but it's you know the best he's ever done as far as a ratio is concerned and you know that's less interceptions than you know just to name a few Matthew Stafford Ben Roethlisberger Philip Rivers Kyler Murray Cam Newton Matt Ryan Tom Brady Russell Wilson Kirk Cousins you know Carson Wentz obviously leads the league so um I'm not that mad about that interception. I know you could, in theory, look at it and say, well, that interception, you take that away, we uh, win the game. 
but I think it's, you know, you can't really do that. You could literally do that about any scoring play. You know, if we, <laughs> if we just stop, uh, you know, uh, Trace McSorley on third and 10, you know, we get the ball punted back to us. So you can't really pick one play apart like that, in my opinion. But yeah, it was a bad, it was a very bad interception. Anytime you throw an interception to like someone who's not in the secondary, it's, it always looks awful. Um, and he said that after the game and he owned up to it, which is, I think the other good thing from him is how much he's, you know, matured and owned up to that, you know, that this year, but he really hasn't made that many mistakes to have to own up to. So, uh, but yeah, moving on to the bigger picture and, and, and then into next week. So let's talk about this, uh, the, the playoffs here. We've already brought it up a little bit. So the Browns have the opportunity to go 12 and four um, by beating the Giants, the Jets and the, and the Steelers. If we do that and we go 12 and four, we are in the playoffs. There's no way that we cannot make the playoffs. We would be in. So that's probably, you know, that's the surest way to the playoffs. Just win out, <laughs> win these last three games. Um, if we lose to the Steelers, but we still we win these two games in New York and we still go 11-5, and five, then we would need the Ravens to win out, the Titans and the Colts to both win out, the Dolphins to win out in order for us to not make the playoffs. And that could easily happen, but all we would need is one of those four teams to not win out, and we would still be uh, in the playoffs at 11-5. and five. So with that being said, it makes this game, while on paper, it seems like beating the Giants is something we should easily do. It makes it, you know, every game is super important at, here at the end of the season, regardless of who you're going up against. So the Giants, they did start off the year 1-7, and seven, um, but since then, you know, they've been 4-1. and one. They had a 4-1 and one the last five games, same as us. They did get wiped out by the Cardinals last week. Uh, so they're still not sure who's going to be starting at quarterback against us. Colt McCoy, former Browns quarterback, actually started and won a game for them a couple years ago or a couple weeks ago. Um, but then they put in Daniel Jones last week and who is now uh, hurt, I guess. So they're kind of questionable on who will be playing. I, I'm kind of hoping for Colt McCoy to play just because I think that would be awesome in 2020 for us to face <laughs> Colt McCoy. Um, not because I'm afraid of Daniel Jones, because because I'm not. People are really hyping up Daniel Jones and I don't really get it. I mean, he's thrown eight touchdowns to nine interceptions. I know that doesn't show everything, but I just don't. I mean, besides that one like 90 yard run he had where he fell over at the end, I haven't seen anything from him this year that was noteworthy. Uh, I'm not saying he won't be good long term, but I just don't really see it. Obviously, Saquon is out for the year for them. And you got to give them credit. They won four games in a row to put themselves back in the playoff race in that terrible division. Um, but yeah, if the Browns don't win this, you know, it would be it would not only a huge upset, but it would be pretty terrible. Yeah, it would be uh, completely devastating to lose this game, uh, no matter who starts a quarterback. I completely agree with Daniel Jones. Um, I didn't understand the pick when they got him, um, and I really haven't seen anything from him yet uh, as far as uh, him being the franchise quarterback. Obviously, they have a stud in Saquon Barkley, and that's pretty much it, um, <laughs> for, for at least for the offense. Um, yeah, I would I would love to see Colt McCoy out there. It's crazy that he's still in the league. He's he's still go, bouncing around, and um, you know, it's it's just funny that we're we're going to be facing him as we're going into the playoffs. And you know, he used to at one time be you know thought of as maybe our our future savior, but hopefully, you know, Baker Mayfield is that guy. And you know, we're long past the years of Colt McCoy. So, um, th- th- yeah. Bottom line, I know this game. Uh, the matchup predictor has it as fifty two forty six as far as the Browns winning. Um, I, I don't think it'll be that close. I, I think the Browns come in here and I, I think they, they have to win. Obviously, like you said, they can afford to, you know, lose against the Steelers. We'll see if, you know, they have the division, um, 
wrapped up by then, who's going to be starting, uh, if it'll be Roethlisberger or their, you know, with Mason Rudolph and their, their backups. But um, definitely these two games in New York, you can't afford to lose either one of them. Um, you know, the Giants have come on late. And like you said, that division is obviously so bad. Um, but still, this is not a good football team on either side of the ball. Um, and, you know, I, like I said, I, I think that Baker Mayfield has really come on this year. And especially the last couple of games, he's gotten to a good rhythm. Um, and, you know, Nick Chubb, I think this will be a bounce back game for him and Kareem Hunt to get into a, a good rhythm early. Um, like I said, Baltimore is pretty good at stopping the run. Um, and, you know, we saw that they were they were struggling a little bit uh, last week. But I think this will be a good game for them to just pound the ball, especially in New York uh, in this time of year. And I believe it's supposed to snow next Sunday in New York, so or this Sunday, I mean. So uh, this will be a good game to just pound the rock and just, you know, completely just, you know, bully this team. I think we can easily do that. Um, their defense doesn't really scare me. And offensively, like we were just talking about their defense, um, I don't really see anybody on offense we have to really worry about. Um, you know, I, like I said, if Saquon was in there, maybe that would be something. But uh, from their quarterback on down, I don't really see anybody. Their offensive line is god-awful. Andrew Thomas, who I was kind of high on coming out of the draft, he's been complete garbage this year. Um, so I'm glad we didn't go with him. So I think this will be maybe a bounce-back game for Miles Garrett as well. Um and hopefully we'll be able to get uh, Denzel Ward back this year. I know he practiced today. That's very hopeful. So I think this will be an easy win for the Browns. And, you know, like we were saying, it pretty much has to be because, uh, you know, there's still, you know, it's still not locked up that we're going to the playoffs. There's still a lot of things that, you know, a lot of things would have to happen for us not to, but still you don't want to leave it up to chance. And this is a team that you should beat. And you just, you know, you got to take care of business. Yeah, for sure. And, um, just so no one's holding their breath, the Steelers ain't resting anybody. Week seventeen, it doesn't. It, with the Chiefs at, at at a one loss and the Steelers now at two losses, even if the Steelers come in uh, thirteen and two against us, and the Chiefs uh, some you know end up losing a game to either the Saints or the Falcons and come in with two losses, the Chiefs are facing the Chargers in Week seventeen, which is their last conference game, and uh, they would have the better record if uh, conference wise if they beat the Chargers. Um, and the Steelers lost to, uh, you know, the Browns. Um, and then even likewise, even if they lost to the Chargers, but the Steelers lost to us, then the Steelers still, you know, have three losses and they lose the the seed. So with their only being one by, I I would I cannot see the situation where they're resting anybody. Um, but with that being said, uh, they haven't been playing great. Uh, but to focus on this week, um, the Giants, I think do not scare me offensively at all, even though our defense has been bad. If you look at how they performed this year, um, the only games in which they haven't beaten someone from their, you know, really bad division, um, which we've all, we've beat them all as well, um, is they beat the Bengals who obviously aren't really a competition at this point. It was after Joe Burrow got hurt and they beat him by two points. And then two weeks ago, they beat the Seahawks 17 to 12. Uh, that was the big upset game. Everyone was talking about with Colt McCoy. I don't see them holding us to 12 points. I know that their defense, uh, from what I hear, is good. I'll be honest, I haven't seen much of it. Uh, I, I hear it's been doing better. Obviously, holding the Seahawks to 12 points is an example of that. But then they went out and lost 26-7 to the Cardinals. So I don't see us them holding us to 12 points. And to be honest, I, I know I usually say you score 30 points, you know, you should win the game. I would say that same thing here. I would even probably go a bit further and say, like, you score 24 points and you're probably going to win the game. Uh, I know our defense has been bad, but I mean, 
I, I just don't see anyone on their team that can really, um, you know, be a threat to us, at least from an, from looking at it from an analytical standpoint. I mean, of course they could go out there and beat us at, you know, any given Sunday. Um, but I, I, besides just that random lunk puncher's chance, I do not see why the Giants are as closely, you know, predicted as they are right now. I think that there's a bit of hype on them because they're the New York Giants and because their division is so bad that they're in contention for that division still. Um, I think if this were really any other year and the Giants were five and eight, people would be treating them, you know, how they should be. And I hope that the Browns go out there and they beat them and kind of put an end to that. Uh, We are on the road. Um, Odell, unfortunately, is out. So it's not going to be the Odell revenge game yet again, missing out on that opportunity. Um, but yeah, I, I really don't see how the Browns come out here and lose. I mean, it would be worse than the loss of the Ravens for sure. It would probably be our worst loss of the year. Yeah, for sure. Uh, this would be a, a big letdown. And like I said, you know, both New York teams are, are bad. Um, obviously the Jets are much worse, but this is the game that you have no excuse to, if you want to call yourself a playoff team, there's no excuse to lose this game. Um, uh, if you want a final score, I'll go with uh, 31-14 Browns. I don't think it'll be very close. Like I said, offensively, defensively, nobody really scares me. Um, and that, like I said, whether that's Colt McCoy or Daniel Jones, um, I don't really trust either one of them. And even with this bad defense, um, I think their offensive line is just so bad that they won't be able to get any run game going. And I think Miles Garrett and the other guys will just have a field day uh, you know, coming after uh, probably Colt McCoy, who will be the starting quarterback. So. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll go 31, 14 as far as a prediction goes, but, um, yeah, like I said, I, I, you know, I think there'll be probably be bad weather too. So like I said, Nick Chubb and cream hunt, just a steady diet of those two. Um, just that alone should probably win you the game. Yeah. I mean, talk about running out the clock and running, you know, running the game out. Um, not, you know, not that they're, it's like the opposite of like the Ravens or the Chiefs where it's like you want to run out the clock so they don't have a lot of opportunities to score because they're so good. In this case, it's like you want to run out the clock because they're incompetent. So it's like they have to get a flow going in order to get, you know, that momentum and, you know, get into the game. If you don't, if, if you don't let them build that momentum by running out the clock and you limit their possessions, you know, they're not going to score a lot. So I think that's definitely the key to win. Um, but, you know, we'll see how it is. I, I'm still looking at their, you know, kind of just their team overall as a defense to try to get more of a get more of a uh, sense of, you know, kind of what they're like. But um, I still I, I really can't even like I can't say like, oh, we're going to be better in the past than the run game or anything like that. Like nothing really sticks out to me with this team. So I'm actually kind of excited to see why the defense is getting as much praise as it is. I'm sure I'll watch their highlights from the last few weeks between now and then, but I'll be excited to see, you know, is this a defense that the Giants can carry throughout the next few years? Obviously, we got Jabril Pepper's revenge game. Got to watch out for that. Um, but we don't, we don't get the Odell revenge game. We get the Jabril <laughs> Pepper's revenge game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you got to watch out. It was just like with the Raiders, man, the Carl Nassi revenge game. That's what got us in that game for sure. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it'll be – fun game to watch let's talk about the fact that it was flexed into sunday night football uh so yet again prime time this week what do you think about that do you think that'll have any effect on the game uh no i don't i don't think it will um you know it, it'll be nice to you know have another prime time game um it'll be bad for me because i you know i get up early for work so i have to stay up for this whole damn game so i, I won't get a lot of sleep sunday night but like i said i think hopefully maybe i'll get to go to bed early because i don't think this game will be too close um, but you know, like I said, you know, you get more national attention. Like you, we said last week, um, 
or this past week with the Ravens, uh, I think we got more respect with that loss than we did with the Titans win. So um, I think it's just another another opportunity for a lot of eyes to be on the Browns and just, you know, show them what we can do and show that this team is for real. Yeah, absolutely. For a, a score prediction, uh, I'm going to go a little bit less just because I feel like we're going to rely on the run game. And once we have a comfortable lead, run out the clock. So I'll go 28 to 20. Uh, with the Browns, uh, we could win by more than that, but I, I just don't think we'll do it. We're not really a team that runs up the score. I feel like once we have the lead, we just kind of try to hold on to it, which has its pros and cons. But um, I definitely think we pick up the win here. And although we should definitely win here and there's not really a reason to worry unless it's just a huge upset, I, it would be kind of a, a re- relief because it's like if we beat this team, you know, it's like then really the Jets. It's like you, you can't be worried about the Jets at that point. Like at that point, it's – really just the one in a million shot they beat us. So this is the game I'm more so worried about being the game that we absolutely should win that we drop. So I want to be able to get this win on Sunday and then kind of feel relaxed for the next two weeks, you know, pick up the win against the Jets, go into uh, our game at home week 17 against Pittsburgh and, you know, be 11 and four and, you know, play out that game. It, it, might, it might be a build up to the biggest Brown Steelers game <clears throat> literally in years. And we tied them a couple years ago. So <laughs> um, we'll see what happens. But moving on to the rest of the week, obviously the Browns are on Sunday night football. So we will have, again, two wild card picks this week for who you got. Um, and we both have the Browns. So moving on to Monday night football, <clears throat> Pittsburgh. Eh, this is kind of one that I'm not holding my breath over either. But Pittsburgh going to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. Nick, who you got? Yeah, despite Pittsburgh being a complete uh, tailspin right now, um, there's no chance that they're losing this game. I'm definitely going to go with Pittsburgh in this one. I think it'll be a chance for them um, going up against a a really bad team, especially with Joe Burrow not being available, um, uh, just to try to get back some rhythm and, you know, try to right the ship that's uh, been sinking the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I definitely think they'll use it as like a reset week um, after coming off of two losses. Uh, you know, in, after in talks of an undefeated season, I think the Bengals are just the team <laughs> to allow the Steelers to get, not get momentum necessarily, but just kind of reset, get a team win, and then look towards the you know the last two weeks of their schedule, which you know again is not as easy as ours. I mean, they do have the Colts after that, but I feel like this one, you know, it's important to not go out there and embarrass yourself on Monday night uh, football, because if they do and they lose the Bengals, um, I don't even know who their quarterback is right now, but if they lose the Bengals, that would not be, not be good for them. So going to go with the Steelers. And then for your first wild card picnic, any game from this week, who you got? Um, actually, I didn't know this. I- I'm going to go with one of the Saturday games. Um, I'll go with Green Bay at home against Carolina. Uh, Green Bay, I-, I feel like a lot of people always, always doubt them, but I mean, they're right there as one of the top probably three to four teams in the in the league right now. They're definitely the one of the the best Super Bowl contenders. Um, and Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams is the best, probably the best combo in, in the football right now. So they're rolling, and I think they're just going to keep steamrolling on their way to the playoffs. So I'll, I'll go with the Packers over the the uh, uh, Carolina Panthers there. All right. Well, I'm going to uh, I'm going to go with Miami again. They're at mm-hmm. home. They're at home against uh, New England, and we really need to root against Miami because they're really the team that would knock us out of the playoffs. Because the the Raiders can only go ten and six at this point, so really Miami would be the team that would knock us out of the playoffs because of conference record if they go eleven and five. 
which they have to win out to do. So if they lose here to the Patriots this week, that's it. It's over for them. And it more, you know, almost guarantees our spot as long as we go 11 and five. So with that being said, I'm going to pick Miami, not only because I think that they'll win, but if they lose, it's a win-win for me. I'll go with Tennessee at home against Detroit. I'll go with one that's a little bit of a blow up, but not really. Uh, I'm going to go with Minnesota at home against Chicago. Um, I haven't had faith in Chicago all year. They did have a good win last week, but they were facing the, the Texans. Um, I think Minnesota – Chicago season isn't really alive at this point, but if, if there was any life left, I think Minnesota takes them off of life support, uh, not to get too graphic, on Sunday and uh, officially ends their season. So I'll go with the Vikings as my second pick. Yeah, that's a good pick. Um, yeah, I already made my two picks, but I think a, an upset pick that I didn't have the balls to to pick <laughs> would be Washington at home against Seattle. Um, Seattle's really fallen apart. Mm-hmm. Their defense is terrible. Russell Wilson has been playing, you know, so badly. Uh, I mean, I had him as MVP the first couple of weeks, and that looks like a complete um, joke of a pick by me now. Um, but I think Washington is scrappy, and Chase Young is just coming on as a monster. So. I look at that as a, a definitely the probably the upset of the week there. I think they they can hell if the Giants can can beat the the Seahawks and hold them to what like like seven points. What they have like seven eight points or something like that. Yeah, I definitely points. think yeah, I think Washington can definitely upset uh, Seattle this week for sure. Yeah, I mean they're another one. You know, start of the season uh, five and zero. Oh, like you said, Russell Wilson was kind of the popular MVP pick, and then. Since then, they've been 4-4, four and four, losing against teams like the Giants and the Cardinals. So, uh, yeah, it's the, I could definitely see that one happening. Um, they did blow out the Jets, but I'm kind of convinced at this point that the Jets are going 0-16. Do you have any doubt in that anymore? Um, No, not really. I was going to ask what their schedule was, but it doesn't matter. I mean, who's gonna, who are the Jets going to be? <laughs> I know they play oh, yeah. up, and that's it, but I mean, I don't know who they're going to be. So, um, they're definitely not yeah. going to win this week against the Rams. That's for damn sure, so. I think yeah, it's a really week, good possibility. Week 17 is on the road at the Patriots. Uh, it's oh, it's possible. I mean, the Patriots are going to be probably out of playoff contention at that point, um, so they don't necessarily have anything to play for. Um, but that as bad as their season has gone even, I think it would be embarrassing for them. Bill Belichick does not want to be the one that loses to the 0-15 team. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't see it happening. I don't see him squeaking out a win. Um, but, yeah, we'll see what happens. We're going to face them next week. We can't be – when we were going 0-16 the first time, we beat the Chargers in week, you know, 16. Well, it can't be us this year, so let's, you know, wait 10 days, and then I guess we can unleash and bash the Jets as much as we want. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's going to be probably Trevor Lawrence who they take, so just, you know, yeah. God help them. That's all I can say. Yeah. All right, well, that's it for this week. Nick, you uh, have anything else that you want to say? No, uh, that's it for this week. Um, as always, you can – uh, listen to us wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Hot Takes Two One Six, at Hot Takes on Instagram, at Hot Takes on the Lake. Last time I wrecked it, last time I whipped around, last time I did the whippers, last time I lived the first one around, hit the river, last time I hit your crib, last time it went no tears. I didn't win back in myself, felt like hell, fuck, I risked it, patient yourself, I you living, know you thrilling, off a sinning, how I got my strikes and pendants back in out in the street, born this wild, let it be, rage is out, gotta eat, not a vibe, bro, the way with the sound, by the way.